dealing with stories which are really tough. I don't know how I deal with it. Maybe I'm a little cuckoo. <laughs> In my other sphere, I'm, I'm generally a happy person. Everything I experience, where I experience it, how I experience it, I take it all in. Mm-hmm. I live fully. You're listening to She's Got Drive podcast, the podcast that inspires women to be the driver in their own life through the life and stories of black women with drive. And I'm your host, Sherla McAlpine. I'm a business consultant, an executive coach, and a leadership facilitator, working with people and organizations to live their lives by design and not default. Welcome back to another episode of She's Got Drive. Welcome back. And this episode is part two of the interview with Michelle Miller. I want to start this episode with like what's been kind of resonating with me since that, um, since publishing that interview. And, you know, the title is, is all about how most successful people fail and make mistakes. A lot of mistakes. And I've, it's really been sitting with me because why they make so many mistakes and why they uh, fail so many times is, as we know, because they're going for things. They are wanting to advance. They're wanting to challenge themselves and they put themselves into what the gap of learning. And in that gap of learning is the space where you have to try things out and you don't necessarily know how to do it. And so you're going to fail or you're going to make mistakes. I know that's been my experience on certain things that I've been doing. And I'm in that experience now as I take on a big undertaking for me, for me and my business as I stretch and grow. And so that notion of you can only be successful or you can only succeed, however you define success, whatever that reach is for you, that dream is for you knowing that you will fail at some point and you will make mistakes at some point. And so failure is inevitable. We've heard that phrase before, with that quote before. And so given that it's inevitable, when it, uh, we can prepare for when they arrive. That's the difference for me this week. I had this whole, this, this insight like, well, I know that I'm going to make mistakes along this journey of that I'm on as I undertake this big thing for myself in my business. I know that I'm going to fail at some point. So can I prepare for those moments of failure? Not like I know what it is, but in terms of my relationship to it, I don't have to let it stop me. I don't have to get so disappointed. I don't have to make myself wrong. I don't have to get really judgmental on myself like I should have known better. I don't need to do any of those things. What I could just do is is notice and like, there it is. There's that mistake I made. And what can I learn? What can I re- review, learn, and then move on? Like, could I fast track my way through the mistake? Because I'm not spending a lot of time on the, just making myself wrong about it. I can just be with that it's a mistake or I failed and I just pick myself up and I start all over again or I pick up and I go to where I need to be. So that's what I've been sitting with and it's been a very powerful insight for me as I take on this part of my business in this way. So I'm just so happy in a way and so grateful for that insight that Michelle gave so powerfully. Okay. 
Okay, so with that, you know, let's head over to Michelle and part two. Now, remember, Michelle Miller is the co-host of CBS This Morning Saturday. She's also a correspondent that's worked on 48 Hours. She's reported on many stories of national and international importance. She's award-winning journalist and... Um, she tackles some really challenging stories and we're going to hear about her experience as a journalist as well as her personal experience as well as we're going to continue the conversation around success and failing and and what does that mean for us in part two so I give you Michelle Miller everyone who is going to give you a fair shake you need to befriend right in one of the ep- episodes on She's Got Drivers, this model called Pie that came out of Harvey Coleman's work. And it's about, it's a career enhancement model where you look at what are the things that facilitate someone's success in their mm-hmm, career. Mm-hmm. When he did the research, he found, there was, so P stands for performance, I for image, stroke reputation, E for exposure, and that's exposure and relationships, oh, that's so your network. Yeah. As you go through your career, as you kind of rise, if you like, that performance accounts for just 10% of your career success. Really? Yeah. The image and exp- the image accounts for 30%. 60% of your success is around your network and the people who are sponsoring well, you. That would explain the success of social media influencers, right. wouldn't it? Right. I mean, or a Kim Kardashian. Right. Because, because she's had incredible exposure. Right. She has a, a pretty wide berth of friends. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to, no one can, no what one really understands what it is that she is selling, doing. I mean, she sort of created a business now, but. Initially. But initially it was her popularity mm-hmm. that she was and exposing. It for, <laughs> so it doesn't mean that, and, and when he talks about performance, it doesn't mean you have to. You, you can't have great performance, but he talks about performance as your table stakes. You can't even uh, right, be get into the places that you want to be unless you're doing great work, right? But the thing that's going to facilitate the movement that you're seeking is making sure that people have, you have the reputation, which you're right. always managing, but making sure that you have enough relationships so that the people, the when decisions are made about your career, you're mm-hmm. not usually in the room. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Someone else is in the room. So they need to know who you are. And if they don't know who you are, if you're beavering away in your organization right. or whatever you're doing, and no one knows that you're doing great work, well, all that's happening is you're beavering away. Right. No, I know exactly. So when you speak I about see... someone's able to say, I know, I... I, or your name comes across and you can have someone say, I can vouch for her. Right. She's great. She'll be great in that role. Well, I, I tell my network of people all the time, you have to speak up for yourself. Right. I mean, you're your best promoter. So yeah. I know so many exceptional people doing exceptional work and they and, and and their and their mantra is just do the work which is really important you, you have must to do, to the, do work. the work yeah you have but to but then i tell and... them you got to do the work but then you also got to go and ask for the work yeah you got to ask for what you want right and like mason told me 
you know mommy go get that exactly and even in the in the asking is telling for that person that you're asking the fact that you're you're coming to them you're proactive you're right it that is also generating because, because something else so, i work with so many incredibly talented people right and humble you would you wouldn't think that there are a lot of people who are in this profession who have a really sane level of humil- humility yes it's almost in some cases self defeating because they they're they're hard working they are excellent at what they do and yet they can't get over the hump and the hump is asking mm-hmm. it is self promoting yep it is always networking. know it's networking and always being in the know of what's going on right where the opportunities are right and there was a lot when i i would also have to say that you know you as when you assume a certain level you you know what's going on in certain circles but mm-hmm. people have to trust telling you information mm-hmm. and i think at, at some point people started to really trust giving me information because they felt as though either I was worth handing that information over mm-hmm. to or, and that's kind of what, what our profession is. People trusting that you will do with the information only good things. Right. How do you cope with um, dealing with stories which are really tough? Like you talked about. I don't childhood. know. How do you deal with that? I don't know time? how I cope. Um, I must have an inner coping mechanism because I've seen some pretty brutal and told some pretty brutal stories from sex trafficking to um, the killing of, of young African-American men just all the way around. I mean, you name it, by whom? Mm-hmm. Uh, or people. I, I remember the first time I walked into a murder scene literally where the bodies were still in the room and the way death hangs over Mm -hmm. a tragic scene like that. It's, it's, it's frightening. I've been in the middle of, you know, uh, unrest. I, I've, you know, I think I've, I've been in the, the middle of, you know, nature falling down around you. I think I've seen, I haven't seen war, Mm -hmm. but I've seen uh, hunger. I've seen extreme poverty. I've seen children who don't have, you know, enough mm-hmm. of anything. And I see unfairness. And I think I think more than anything, you know, this this the depravity of when people are deprived of things that are accessible in plenty to others, that really just, it really gets me. Mm-hmm. So how do I deal with it? I don't know how I deal with it. Maybe I'm a little cuckoo. <laughs> in, in my other sphere, I'm, I'm generally a happy person. I laugh. I, I like bringing joy. I, 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 I really, every, everything I experience, where I experience it, how I experience it, I take it all in. Mm-hmm. I live fully. Well, you know, so, when we met, one of the things that was striking, of course, you you were 
doing your host thing and you were very funny as well you, you oh, i'm glad look. to yeah, hear that very was funny. i really you were you okay, were really okay, funny okay, yeah okay, okay. and um and then we headed over to red rooster uh-huh. for the after party uh-huh and you are you are joyous <laughs> and you are radiant is a word that i would oh, use yeah you. so that was re- it was really striking so when you say that i really get that about you so, and i and so that juxtaposition juxtaposition of the kind of things that you have to cover how do you how do you prepare yourself if you know you're about to go into a scene and it, you know you're i mean it's not like seeing it like it's been set up but you know you you've been you know you're going to be reporting on a, a story and you know it's going to be a tough when you get there what do you do on on route what are you doing i wish i had an answer for you no there's no routine mm-hmm. there's no ritual there is i'm sure there is a moment of reflection i'm sure there's a moment of peace i'm, I'm sure there's a moment of trepidation i'm sure there's a moment of wonder anxiety all those moments mm-hmm. i'm sure i just don't they're not I don't I don't mean this in the way it sounds but they're not a manufactured ritual or a curated ritual right. that I put together I I think what happens for me is I get lost in the conversation that I'm having with someone's because I'm focused on the conversation a really good interview is a really good conversation mm-hmm. I've had some awful interviews with some pretty amazing people and I won't share names. Well, you thought just, it was going to go a particular way and right. it's like pulling teeth? I, or... Oh, I'm pulling teeth. I've had someone, oh, one interview where someone told, like, basically went off on me. Oh, my God, this is so funny. <laughs> so this man goes off on me in front of his wife and his children and the school. Right. And he, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, well, I could yell back at him Mm -hmm. because he's completely disrespecting me. Right. I could calm him down. Um, I could like let him talk and let him get it all out. Right. Because it was like he snapped or, you know, I could just excuse myself and leave. And I said, well, you know, I can't, even though it was the end of the interview, what was crucial was I needed him to help me get his son, which was the next day. Right. So if I just left and, and continue, and he left angry, that wasn't going to happen. The end of that. The end of that. <laughs> and I said, I could, I could not have come down here and not have gotten what I came down to get. Right. So I let him go, and he went on for about ten, seven minutes. And so I said, you know, I said, I don't understand what I said that angered you, and I'm sorry. I'm really sorry because that wasn't my intent Mm -hmm. I said the interview's over so all said he ended up returning our rental car because we were running late Mm -hmm. so obviously I patched it up right I get on the plane and I call my husband and he said how did it go and he didn't know any of the players right he said how'd it go and I said oh it was it was really it was a trip and I told him what happened and I described the person in the sense that who he was in the community what he did He's where he went to school and how he was from. Well, where he was from, where he's from. Right. And my husband said, I know that guy. That guy's a really good guy. He was like, that guy was blah, 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 blah. So they had a connection way back when they were children. 
And so I said, okay, great. I texted the daughter and the, told the daughter, oh my gosh, my husband wanted me to tell your, your dad, hello, Good. he's so-and-so. Plane takes off, plane lands. I look at my Blackberry when I, when I, and the black, the, the text message from the daughter reads, OMG, <laughs> my father fell over the couch when I told him <laughs> who your husband was. He knows him, loves him. They were children together. It was like, so here it was. Right. He had an impression right. of where I was going. Totally misread this. The, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, yeah. His reevaluation of who I was in connection to who his childhood friend yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. But it told me, you never know who you're talking you to. You never know. I've started to ask my guests, like, what's a, one of the courageous moments that they've had in their life that they'd like to share? Probably, I think about, I went to a number of different schools mm -hmm. when I was a child. So every first day of school at a new school was a courageous moment for me. Mm -hmm. Embarking upon my college experience across the country was courageous. Backpacking by myself through Europe mm -hmm. and North Africa by myself was courageous. Leaping into this profession was courageous. Right. Taking the job in South Carolina, leaving my family when my father was diagnosed with cancer because he said, you have to go find your life. Don't stay here for me. That was courageous. I sometimes feel as though I took the easy road because I wasn't there. I mean, he lived another four years, but you know, what, what would I have been sacrificing if I had stayed there for four years? Because he died when I was 26 six or seven years wow. old choosing my husband was courageous pretty courageous and having the audacity to think that I could live my dreams mm -hmm. that's pretty courageous right. and and speaking to the universe about what you truly want see a lot of things I hold back I don't tell the universe I may think about it but I don't tell the universe because I'm not quite sure that's the best thing for me. Okay. You know, there are things that you think might be, but you know, like, I think your soul knows that's not smart. <laughs> Sometimes when you, Sometimes, when there's a thing that's coming yeah, up Yeah, and you. if it doesn't come out of you, there's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. What's one thing that you haven't said to the universe that you'd love to? Oh my gosh. Oh, that's so private. You don't so have thing. to. You can say no, because I can't think of the one thing. But there are a lot of things that I haven't that I haven't said, and they're so. It's like I hold on to them because right. I'm afraid to say them. In case right? it happens. Because what is the what is the one thing we fear the most? Our success. Our success. Yeah. Succeeding. Yeah. This is the best job I've ever had. This one right now, right, right now, I'm having mm -hmm. the most fun that I've ever had. It's every, I am, I'm over the moon every Friday afternoon. I am so excited about Saturday morning. Right. That, despite the fact that I have to get up at three o'clock in the morning, right. I'm grinning in the car. 
I'm grinning in the makeup chair. I'm grinning at the computer. I'm grinning on set. And and every and my boss and I have this really hilarious relationship, my executive producer. I'm like his even though he's younger than me, it's like we have this sibling relationship and I often seem to be the younger of the two siblings. <laughs> he says, You are my favorite person by the end of the show because I'll hear you saying under your breath for no one but yourself. I love this show. I love this show. And that just makes him a happy, happy. being. Yeah. Because I'm saying it to myself. I'm like, I, just, I love this show so much. Because it's, it is what life should be. Yes. It is serious and yet joyous. It is entertaining yet informative. It is, it is all of those things wrapped up in this two-hour package. I tell people, I go to work to talk a little bit about current events, to talk a little bit about social issues, to hear some great music that I haven't ever heard before, right. to eat something I've never tasted before, and to have a drink with two of, of my best friends. Right. It really is. What's that not to every love morning. about there is that? Nothing <laughs> really. At all, not to, to love. love about. And then I get to get, I get to go home by ten, ten thirty in the morning. That's amazing. One is that you're doing a job that you love, which is phenomenal, <laughs> and not enough people can say that. Right. And two, that you are so present to the joy of it, yes. which is just. Well, that's what live television is. You're present Fantastic. in the joy. You're present in the failure <laughs> you're the risk, always present you're always the risk is you're in it yeah and you're in it in that moment and the the, the thing is once you fall, see the thing about people who fall down is if they hesitate like you know i'm i, I was catching myself today it was like i flurbed a question and i kept going back well if that segment's over yes, that's, right. that's, that's over right. you cannot go back and recapture <laughs> that no. loss you just try, just get back up just, after you stumble over the hurdle and you keep charging ahead. Right. You just right. keep going. That's and a metaphor for life. It really is. Yeah. It really is. Because there's so many times when we are, and it's reviewing, replaying reviews a good skill. Like for us to look back and say, well, what was it that had me do right. that? Oh, I started thinking about something else or I had a moment of doubt or, so that's important. Right. But not to dwell in it, not right. to keep going back and back and back and making yourself wrong right. for something right. that you literally can't do anything about. Anymore. And the thing about, it's never, the thing about when you are in that moment, when you fail in front of people, <laughs> it always like in a sp public speaking class or you're giving a speech. Right. Are you talking to a group of friends or whatever it is in, in your moment mm -hmm. of stupidity, failure, embarrassment, whatever. It's never as bad to the other person. Yeah, exactly. It they is can't, never, ever as bad sometimes as they you can't have even it remember in it. your head. Right. Right? Right. That you've re and in your action, in your replay, which yes. just gets bigger and bigger oh, and bigger yes. instead of it, it, it doesn't shrink. It just right. gets bigger. Yeah. And then someone will say, oh, I didn't even, oh, <clears throat> are you still talking about that? <laughs> you know? Stop it. It's, yeah. It's like, really? Was I that bad? <laughs> the theme is our route to success is filled with moments of failing, but mm. moments of learning and mm. that we, we can't really expect to 
go for the life that we want without it. Mm-hmm. And out of the mouth of babes comes wisdom. There too, it is. There are know? a lot of those cliches yeah. that work perfectly in my it, life. You know, that is my really... Life is, uh, it's pretty interesting how... I think everyone's is. I mean... In different ways. In different ways. I, you touched on... Um, just You touched on being a working mum and leaving... Like, having missed... Mm-hmm. What? How do you square that circle? I don't know. I mean, talk to me when my kids are grown. Right. Kids, you, you never know with children. I find that children are resilient, and I, I grew up without the ever. Well, I grew up with my father and my grand, his mother, mm-hmm. and not my mother. That was her choice, and she. To this day, no one on that side of the family knows I exist. Okay. But I'm still in touch. I'm, I'm like after when my father was diagnosed with cancer, he wanted me to find her. So I did. Mm-hmm. I found her. She just, I mean, she she's okay to have a relationship with me in private, but she just doesn't want anyone to know about it. Okay. That doesn't sit well with me. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, there's not much of a relationship there. I right. call her every once a year or so okay because i i i just just i I can't i can't if you it's just more of the abandonment Mm -hmm. and the Mm -hmm. um you you gotta acknowledge people Mm -hmm. and i don't find that's a you i'm not an acknowledged presence right so that's tough for me um i was talking to my my co-worker the one who walked by anthony mason about seven or eight years ago, and I said, you know what, I'm going to write a book. He said, I have the perfect first line for you. And I said, you do? And he said, yeah. He said, I am my mother's secret. I was like, whoa, that is deep. deep. He said, yeah, the rest just pours right right out. Obviously, I haven't written the book yet. Not but yet. I might. My husband keeps telling me you need to write your great. book. You do need to write your book. I think that uh, you are, in many ways, a rarity. You know the importance of your story being told. You know we haven't talked about your father and the historic moment. Oh, your father I know. As well, well, he yeah. had many historic moments because he was. You know, there are things you never know about your parents. But I, the one thing that really gave me a great deal of pride going back to, am I there enough for my children? And that's every parent's question. Mm -hmm. And he, you know, he, I didn't live in the same house with him, but you know, he was the president of every PTA at every school that I went to. When I learned that, I never knew that. He was highly involved behind the scenes. Yeah. And, the, and I just think about all the things I said to him and put him through and, 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 and that, I guess I'm getting that. I think he's kind of like smiling down from above <laughs> looking at, you know, my life now with my kids, every grandparent does and they chuckle. Right. Because, and I was a pretty good kid. Um, but I was, you know, a kid who was like hurting and I took it out on him mm-hmm. because he was the one that was there. Right. And the great thing is when you get in your 20s, that's when you're an adult like your parents and you get to know your parents. Mm -hmm. You can make up for any mistakes you made or hurts or slights when you were a teenager. 
Yeah. Um, so like that, that first 10 to 12 years is like pretty good. It's golden for parents and those teenage years, not so much, but in the twenties, there's like, there's that opportunity. And fortunately I had enough of the twenties where I got some good time in with him and, and, you know, great conversations. The best trip I ever did with my dad was I brought my aunt and my father to South Carolina. South Carolina was a great experience for me. And I brought them together and they were staying in my apartment. <laughs> it was so funny. We went on road trips, but I'll never forget. I was sleeping on the couch and, I, and they slept in the bed and I could hear them all night. It was like they were reliving their childhood. They were talking like two teenagers yeah, I... would talk, you know, about their old, you know, all the things that happened when they were kids and when they were teenagers and the things in college and as adults. And it was just one of the most magnificent moments to, to listen in on. Yeah, and yeah. I'm so glad I had that opportunity to listen in on that. And my aunt is still living. She's 93 years old. Wow. And she's, you know, still Aunt Edna. Boy, she was what gumption that lady has. And he died, oh, 20 plus years ago, 22 mm. years ago. People remember things. They don't remember everything in their life. If you give them some moments, they can cherish. Yeah. So hopefully I have some cherished moments with my children. <laughs> they can look up, look back on to get yes. them through their teenage years yeah. Yeah. until the 20s. <laughs> If you can reach back and speak to the younger you, what are the, what's the one or two things that you would want Michelle, the young Michelle to know? I think most people would say that I've always been bold and audacious, but there, there are times where I haven't been. And I think that I would tell myself to be bold even when it's not easy. Mm. See, I, I, there, there's a lot, I, I, I don't have many inhibitions, but the things that I have fear of are generally in that realm of advancement. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, you know, get out of my, get out of my well, own way. I guess I would tell myself, my younger self, Get out of your head and get out of your own way right. and just move forward and keep pushing and read. Always read. Mm. Read as much as you can. Love it. Well, it, so many times as you've been speaking, the Marianne Williamson quote has been coming into my mind. Oh, really? Our Which deepest one? fear is not that we're inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. It is our wow. light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. That's Marion Williamson. Mm. That's From so Return to Love. I know Nelson Mandela is... There it is. That's yeah, where it's in his, that. in his Yeah, um, it's in his inaugural speech, and so people thought it was him, him. but it's from her. It's, her wow. it's Return to Love, the book. Yeah, yeah. A woman. A woman. We should have known. It speaks so much that, to me about how we, how much we are really fearful of our success mm -hmm. and how it doesn't, well, she said, your plane small does not serve the world. Mm -hmm. You know, there's something 
about that. Like when we are in spaces, when we have real opportunity to keep expanding, that we do it for us and we do it for others. It matters that people turn on their TV set on a TV set. Am yeah. I that old? Turn yes. on their TV or go I online and then they see you on well, a you Saturday morning. It matters. So it really does. So thank you so much for that. And for whatever that, you know, your 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 campaign to do that. Thank you to Mason for <laughs> giving his mum a nudge. Yes. You know, as well. Just to be do, there and to keep. And to all you out there, do not fear. Succeed. Yeah. I hope that you've been inspired to shift gears in your own life. Well, another great um, interview, isn't it? I just loved this interview with Michelle. And, you know, I'm curious to see what you're taking away from this interview because it really is, you know, there's so many strategies, there's so many insights, there's so many things that we can all apply. And just even the... um, reminder that our ability to succeed comes from our ability to connect and make and build really good powerful relationships with people and and that with that and then some humility in that too is what I got as well um there's so much here I you know I'm I'm wondering what your takeaways are for for Michelle's like strategies around her success really that you that you've gleaned from this interview so let me know you know I always want to hear from you so you can contact me on my Instagram account at Shirley McAlpine you can reach out through my website shirleymcalpine.com forward slash contact me or there's always the she's got drive Facebook page where you can um, leave comments and um and really just share the impact that this interview and the other interviews on the she's got drive podcast is having i am always excited to hear from you and thank you so much for listening and there's always the rating and reviewing on um on apple itunes as well which is always important to increase our listenership on the podcast so head over to itunes to do that And have a fabulous week until I'm back with you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Go well and stay well.